Hi, I'm Chip, and this is a special time dilation supplement to the Two Minute Time Lord podcast for May 31st, 2009. If you heard the Two Minute Time Lord number 25, you heard a few snippets of an interview with Rich Morris and Hilary Dota, the team behind the successful 10 Doctors webcomic. Here's the full interview. It's about 20 minutes long. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, Rich, first up, uh, the last page of the 10 Doctors went up uh, within the last uh, 24 hours. How do you feel? Oh, a, a little bit relieved and a little bit sad, I think. It, it was a lot of fun, and I, it, was, it was one of these projects where I got to do what I've always wanted to do, and now that it's over, I have to come up with new things that I want to do. <laughs> what made you decide to uh, start doing it? When I was a lot younger, I uh, I used to draw comics by, um, I would just take a, an eight and a half by 11 page from an old sketchbook and divide it into eight panels. And I drew comics, little adventure comics of characters that I created. And uh, I got into Doctor Who uh, when I had been visiting family in England and uh, saw it as a kid. And I had a, a great emotional attachment to it because it was sort of exotic. And it was something I'd seen in a foreign land and, and I was watching it with my big sister and I was only seven. So it kind of stuck with me, and uh, when I was able to watch it in Canada, I kind of absorbed it all. So I always wanted to do a comic, comic adventures of this character that I loved. And uh, I, at the time, I couldn't draw him the way I wanted to. I, like, it was Tom Baker was the doctor at the time. And I wasn't able to draw him the way I wanted to. And I got very frustrated, so it became the impossible dream, really. It was something I, I felt I could never do. And years and years later, when I grew up, I'd been in the animation industry, and I'd drawn my drawings had improved, I had some training, and I realized suddenly... I could draw him the way I wanted to. In fact, I could draw all of them recognizably. And so it was an inspiration to go ahead and, and do what I've always wanted to do. And I drew all of them. Like, in one comic, I tried to get everything I've ever wanted to see in the series. You're not lying when you say everything, because <laughs> no. there is <laughs> no, just I absorbed, about... I, absorbed it. I, I, watched, I watched the old stuff, I watched the new stuff. I, everything that didn't exist, I tried to read about, and, and I just absorbed it all. Just about every element of the show is represented to one extent or another in these, what, 247 pages, is it? 247 pages, and that's not counting ones that are actually double pages. Wow. Let's talk a bit about the art style. Um, I've flipped through some of your other webcomics, but I've obviously been focusing on uh, the Ten Doctors. And a lot of comic book artists these days... um, Caricature uh, has been sort of discarded for hyper-realism. And what struck me about uh, your comic strip is uh, by using a cartoony style, uh, the characters seem much more recognizable. You can can almost see the actors more clearly with the cartoony style than if somebody's just trying to capture the exact likeness. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your, your style here. Okay, when when I was really young, um, what got my attention was uh, uh, things like Archie Comics and uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoons. It was simple, and most importantly, it was quick. I used, I, I want to call myself a, I call myself a, an impatient artist. I want to get everything done immediately, the way I see it in my brain, it, it, and it has to happen fast. So I learned to draw what I wanted, what I wanted to draw very, very quickly, and, and to do that, I had to be economic with my lines, so that was as few lines as possible. And caricature, I don't know how I got into that. Uh, I wanted to draw people I could recognize, and, and in my economic style, it had to be simple. And, and I got to a point where my, my sister said, 
my sister told me once that when other people do caricatures, they make fun of people. But when I do it, I tend to enhance the things that people like. And, and that's what I always want to do. I never want to insult anyone. And as a result, you get a more, because it's fast, and because I've got this simplistic style, it, it's, it captures more of uh, the life, I think, the life and the personality rather than the, the characteristic, physical characteristics. That's what I'm always going for anyway. A couple of the notable character designs, I thought, um, Romana looks like a Disney princess, and I think that really looks for her. <laughs> that really works for her. Uh, I also like the way that uh, of all ten doctors, the current youngest doctor, uh, Peter Davison, is the only one who's just got these two uh, dots, pupils for his eyes, and it makes him look so much younger. Uh, how much uh, how much work did you go into into developing um, sort of the character personalities? It took some work. Now, remember, I've been I've been a fan and wanting to draw these characters since I was about seven. So I've spent uh, thirty plus years <laughs> developing these character designs to to the point that they're at now. And even if you look back to the earlier pages, Peter da- the, the Peter Davison, a fifth Doctor uh, caricature, has eyes sometimes. And what I learned about him specifically since we brought him up is that uh, his eyes are very deep set and most of the time you can't see them. So I had to represent that mm-hmm. somehow. And I found the more I drew them, the more the dots worked. And he also other characters in the distance, I, I simplify them further. So they also have dot eyes in the distance. But the height thing is important, I think. You know, they, they don't, they don't, it's not realistic heights. It's not their actual, the, the actor's actual height. It's, it's how I envision them in the series. You know, uh, Sylvester McCoy is a, is, a, is a short guy, but I draw him really tiny. And Patrick Trattman the same. And, and on the other end of the scale, uh, John Pertwee and Tom Baker, I make gigantic, you know. And there's even one, one shot in the last few pages where Tom Baker is towering over the TARDIS itself because of the foreshortening and everything. And it, it, it's, it's important because uh, it's how, you, it's how they, they come across rather than what they actually are. And that's, again, part of the, part of the, character, the caricature style that I use. As far as the relationships between the Doctors, um, you had some really inspired pairings. Um, the Second Doctor and the Seventh Doctor as just buddy clowns, almost. Um, and uh, the sort of war of wills between the Fourth Doctor and the Sixth Doctor. Were there any Doctor relationships that you wish that you'd had more time to devote to? Oh, all of them. I could spend forever on these characters, really. Um time doesn't permit and and i do have other things i wanted to do uh so i had to you know it has to come to an end it's like a huge white elephant that i love but you know you have to get it out the door eventually yeah i'd love to develop everything um the eighth doctor it needs more time uh, i really need to I, i'd like to see more of him i don't really know where he went because I, I i don't follow the audio drama as much so all i really know about him is the fox film so I'd like to know more about him and, and develop him on my own. You see where he goes on my own. I, I try to envision the characters talking in my head. You know, I, I, when I'm writing it, I'm hearing them talking, sort of. So I let them develop themselves in my brain. <laughs> I like to see where they go by themselves. One thing that I noticed uh, in the comments, you in the comments to one comic, you mentioned that you're not a big fan of the uh, Rose and Doctor sort of romantic relationship. But even then, you pretty much honored what had been on the screen through scenes with Rose and the Tenth Doctor, and especially with the Ninth Doctor at the end. The whole history of Doctor Who, it's been a great show throughout the years, but it hasn't always been a good show at different points in the show's history. 
how did you feel about your approach to the stuff that you didn't like and the stuff that you did like and putting it all in the tapestry? You'll see a change. Uh, if you read in the comic from beginning to end, you'll see actually my attitude change. Uh, at the beginning, the stuff I don't like, I'll come right out and say there's a lot that I didn't like about Colin Baker's era. I thought most of it was really bad, and I really felt bad for the actor. That Colin Baker really needed a better shot, uh, but everything seemed to fall apart. And yeah, you're right. The 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 Doctor Rose relationship, I I never liked that either. But that wasn't important. The important thing I later on I, I decided was was to get it accurate to the show. That was what I wanted. Uh, so whether I liked it or not, it was I was going to include it faithfully. But you'll see at the beginning, I I had a different idea in mind, especially as I don't like the character of Mel very much. So I was pretty harsh. And thinking back on it, like I looking back at those pages, I think, wow, if Bonnie and Langford ever saw this comic, I would be so embarrassed. So kind of made it up to her, you know. I improved not like I, I improved the character as I went on, and actually grew a little more fond of the the cartoon character version rather than the way she was written. And other things like that. I make fun of the fact that she screams, you know, almost every episode, really loud and long and piercingly. So there's that scene where she meets the uh, the Garm on Terminus with Nissa, and and she just uses up what two or three panels or whatever to screaming. And I felt okay, well that was funny, but it's a little too comic. I, I wanted it to be funny in in the faithfulness of the the series, the entity that is the, the series that I love. So my sense is that you, you you did this essentially for yourself in the beginning, and you've been fairly scrupulous about telling folks that you know you're telling the story that you want to tell. I'm not going to put in Matt Smith because this that's not when this story is set. Things like that. When did this thing start getting big? Ah, uh, when did it get big? I define big. <laughs> <laughs> well, two hundred forty-seven pages is huge, but in terms of in terms of the audience, <laughs> in terms of the audience reaction to it, when you suddenly started building an audience and people started—I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. It broadsided me. I just at some point realized that a lot of people reading this thing. I was concentrating more on my other web comic, uh, yet another fantasy gamer comic. Mm-hmm. That is the the fantasy one. So I tended to. You know, that one was had become my project and was getting all the readers. And the Ten Doctors was a fun little thing I was doing on the side. And uh, at some point, the Ten Doctors became huge itself. And I don't know when that happened exactly. If you look over the comments, you might be able to pick it up. Probably about, so if I may jump in here for a second, probably about six months in. I guess by the end of 2007, the snowball of critical mass started. And I guess the word of mouth began. And the blog started picking it up. And that's when I noticed a lot of the incoming pingbacks and things. is about... November, December 07, I guess. No, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what the trigger was. That's probably when it all began. And as, once you hit a certain critical mass, then, you know, their friends tell their friends, and it's the whole pyramid thing, and suddenly everybody was coming in. It's really quite exciting. And then all of a sudden you need another server or something. How much of a problem was it to handle uh, the growing audience, Hillary? It actually became quite a problem, and we were getting hate mail from our host for a while, and we eventually had to switch hosts entirely to one that gave us a much better deal on bandwidth. We actually ended up with a server with unlimited bandwidth, thank God, and unlimited storage space. Um, But our CPU usage was quite a problem for a while. So we had to uh, finagle and get some caching systems worked out that would prevent DreamHost from flushing us down the tubes. I'm going to read you a couple of comments. I'm on a uh, I'm in a meetup group in Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, somebody who was not me posted to the list saying, "Hey, the Ten Doctors is wrapping up." And let me see here. Paula says, I have been downloading a page every day and have it in a white binder in plastic covers. I also posted a comment for the meetup group today. I am so glad he is going to keep going with a new story. 
somebody else. Uh, I've been a designer and illustrator for nearly two decades, and I've never seen a one-man project with this kind of vision, style, humor, and follow-through. The Ten Doctors is less graphic novel and more magnum opus in my mind. We all have our personal <laughs> love letters to Doctor Who, and I'm glad we were able to share in his. And uh, one more. Oh, wow. Yeah, this series has had a great run, and I'm glad to see him continue with a new story. I'm definitely going to print this out and collect it in some format. Also, it's inspired me to work on my own DW story, and I feel about ready to start on the scripts for a comic. These are completely unsolicited. Oh. I don't even know if any of these folks have uh, ever commented on uh, your uh, pages. So you've hit some people here. I have, wow. But I had I've heard that before too, where someone has said on the in the comments list that uh, that this comic inspired them to do their comic. You know, I think for no other reason that is a, a success to me. Now you've been doing yet another fantasy gamer comic and other projects. What's the name of your ancient Rome piece? Oh, uh, House of Polis. Uh, you've been doing those for a while. Has it been a challenge to you to devote time to your own? individual projects at the at the expense of uh, the Ten Doctors, or how did you sort of balance that? Well, again, it comes back down to which one is has the prior- priority, and it's it's always been uh, Yafkik, yet another fantasy game or comic, has always been the first one on my list, partly because it's mostly original content. Uh, that's that's mine. You know, I, I kind of invent, invented it, more or less. Uh, <laughs> and... So and I and I also updated every single day since I started it. What three years ago? Um, yeah, it'd be three years so, ago coming up. We you started it in sketchbooks in beginning of oh seven. I no oh six. Yeah. And then I started webbing it for you in May, April or May, because I wanted the Montreal gang to see it. Yeah. It was um, the website for that was originally just meant. Uh, we'd recently moved from Montreal to Halifax. And Rachel was doing some really fun comic doodles, and I figured it would be a great way to keep in touch with some of our friends in Montreal. I wanted them to see some of the work he was doing. So I pestered and begged him and nagged him until he finally scanned them in for me. And I threw them off on a really kludgy HTML thing and just kind of updated it randomly every once in a while with chunks of it. And suddenly there were readers that we didn't know. <laughs> and we were getting comments from people I had never heard of before, and we couldn't figure out how they found us or where they came from. But suddenly I had to go looking for um, a content manager program and figure out how to actually program some of this stuff so we didn't have to update it manually every day. And it also snowballed out of control. Yeah. But that one, that one again, has been my priority, and I haven't missed a day since then. It, it's been updated every single day, come storm and sleet and hail and holidays and weekends it, it it goes up every single day and that one so that one's always been the priority and then the 10 doctors and some of the others the house of polis had always been the secondary thing but when the 10 doctors got about about halfway less than halfway i realized okay i want this thing to end so it became my second priority and now you'll be able to de- so, yeah, bring, I, devote a little bit more time to too, and the other one took a back seat. So now you'll be able to devote some more time to House of Paulus and uh, get those other. Yeah, there's going to be some House of Paulus coming up very soon. Tomorrow, in fact, I think is another strip for House of Paulus, and then I've already started on my next Doctor Who comic. Anything you can tell mm-hmm. us about it? Anything you can tease? Uh, what do I want to give away? Um, well, you've already given away the teaser poster. Yeah. And if anyone recognizes the logo, they'll know immediately what's going on. <laughs> That's true. So people have guessed, so they're not going to say anything. Except the fact that well, it takes place in 
majority of it takes place in Montreal. Uh, no, sorry, in Toronto. You might want to restate that. Yeah, let's restate that. That could be used. <laughs> it's going to take place in Toronto. <laughs> for people who are just now hearing about the Ten Doctors for the first time, what's the best way for them to get in on it? Oh, the PDF. It's a... Uh, Hillary put together uh, chapters of, of the comic on PDF for download on the website. And uh, it's got an introduction page and extras at the back. And it includes all the strips as they appeared, a little bit tidied up, and uh, with my commentary on the bottom. And a flowchart, I hear. Yes. <laughs> Explain <laughs> yeah, why uh, this needs a flowchart. One of the doctors, uh, the ninth doctor, experiences the story out of order. Uh, that was one of the things I've always wanted to do, was play with the time travel. So I wanted to make sure that at least one of them experienced most of the story out of order. And uh, so I had to, when this this came clear in the comic itself, people started asking me, well, when does he do this and the other? I said, oh, don't worry, I'll make a chart, you'll see. So I included that in the downloads. Towards the end, the monk offers uh, the Tenth Doctor a choice. Why did he do that? The monk, at, when you're the first time we meet the monk on Gallifrey, he doesn't know what's going to happen. He just knows that something big and terrible is going to happen uh, to Gallifrey and all the Time Lords, himself included. And he wants the doctor, well, he's, he, he loves to interfere, as we all know from his two appearances in the series. So he wants the doctor to make it possible for this not to happen. In fact, if he can avoid it entirely, that would be even better. So he gives the doctor this, this opportunity. When he reappears towards the end of the comic, he seems to have learned what exactly it is that's going to happen. And yet, he still can't directly interfere himself. And a big spoiler word here, I never, I never reveal why or how he learns this in the comic itself. And it's one of a couple of threads I have deliberately left open for possible follow-up. Because my, my other Doctor Who projects, the intent is to make them all contiguous with this one, like it'll... It won't always be in the same order, and it won't follow on directly, but there will always be uh, the possibility of a follow-on, you know, like uh, one of the Daleks escapes, and we never see him again in, in the Ten Doctors. So he, he can return to one of the stories that I'm going to do. I don't know when. For any of your, <laughs> for any of your uh, future Doctor Who comics, uh, are you going oh, yeah. to uh, continue with uh, the notion of playing with multiple Doctors, or are you going to stick with the, with the David Tennant Doctor, or just sort of leaving yourself all the flexibility you need? I'm, I'm leaving myself flexibility. I like David Tennant very much. I think he was an excellent Doctor, but I also love all the others. And I particularly like drawing Sylvester, uh, Colin Baker's coat. <laughs> That multicolored coat is a lot of fun to draw. Um, so my plan is for various stories that I'm going to come up and do in the future will involve different incarnations of, of him. Uh, I have also in invented one of my own that I'm considering doing with a story, just a, a totally original incarnation. And, um, and, I, and some of the stories that I have planned, like I've got a whole, whole list of stories that, I'd that I want to do. Whether they'll get done or not is... You know, I'm not certain, but I have a whole list of stories that I want to do, and many of them involve more than one incarnation. Last question, since you started with yet another Fantasy Gamer comic, and that's, as you say, your first love, how would you recommend people who've been following you just with the Ten Doctors get a hold of yet another Fantasy Gamer comic? What's their best starting point? Most people go straight to the beginning. I don't particularly think that's a necessarily a good idea, because it is a colossal archive. And it can be a daunting. So, um, well, in the New Age, once um, Lucas and Cadigan, that was a strip 1000 was your reboot point. That's right, yeah, strip 1000. Uh, the cutoff there, 1000 
1,000, it, it sort of stops like a huge story arc, and then there's sort of like a gap before two, uh, 1,001. So that might be a good place to jump in. If people don't want to but, risk uh, uh, getting themselves uh, fired for getting entranced by uh, web webcomic archives <laughs> instead of doing their people work. People are prone to that. And if, if people are prone to that, then that's a danger. There's uh, very nearly 1,100 comics up. I've I've drawn the 1,100th comic already. It hasn't been published yet, but it's very soon, in a few days. So that's a lot of comics. <laughs> in so-called real life, you're a storyboard artist, yeah. and um, you're uh, and and this is one hell of an avocation that you've been uh, doing. What are your hopes for the future? I had a bad experience in my career recently, and it kind of left me a bit discouraged with the industry. Although things are getting better. You know, end on a positive note, things are getting better, and I'm actually quite happy with my career right now. But I had a bad experience with a studio that folded, and I was I was actually given my first chance at a directorship, but I wasn't prepared, and I was kind of abandoned. The whole thing turned out to be some kind of a financial scam. So I kind of lost a lot of my ambitions. I don't want to direct. <laughs> I no longer want to be a director. I, I've got an opportunity to do pitches for TV shows. So what I'd like to do is is pitch ideas for shows and maybe get a chance to be a creative consultant on them. Maybe get another chance to direct in, in better circumstances. To work in some way connected with Doctor Who would be a dream job, but I don't anticipate that because most of my experiences with like, little kid shows, animated preschool television shows and stuff like that. So I, I don't think any connection there is really possible at this point. But but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like, I'm currently comfortable with what I'm doing as I, I draw the storyboards for these shows, and some of them are good, and some of them are not so good. But my real artistic release is in my webcomics. Is there anything that you want to say to your readers, the um, classic, what do you want to say to your fans who've been following this thing for uh, so long? Holy crap, thank you very, very much. <laughs> uh, wow, lots, lots of love to everyone. <laughs> Keep reading, I've got lots more to share. We're actually, we're going to be at Worldcon in Montreal this August, and I've put this up on the Doctor Who blog, and I've got a note up on our forums, but if anyone wants to organize a get-together, meet fans for drinks, that sort of thing, and, and shoot the breeze, we are more than happy to. I don't know, do a meetup or something. So if anyone's planning to be at Worldcon, look us up, we'll be there. Do we need to establish a no-rich-won't-do-caricatures-of-you rule? Well, he charges. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least when I'm around, he does. <laughs> Crack the whip. All right. Rich and Hillary, thank you so much, both of you, uh, for your time. And thanks a lot for doing The Ten Doctors. And best of luck that uh, a lot of the folks who've been reading it will follow you right over to uh, yet another Fantasy Gamer uh, comic and your other projects. That'd be great. Thank you very much, Chip. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to this time dilation supplement to the Two Minute Time Lord podcast. Follow me on Twitter at numeral two minute time lord. Find me on the web at twominutetimelord.com or subscribe to the Two Minute Time Lord podcast on iTunes. To all of Rich's fans who've been listening and to everybody who's a regular listener of the Two Minute Time Lord podcast, thanks a lot.